0: There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses.
1: It's the art and science of money.
0: My job has been to try and figure out which is which.
1: It's Hi Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle.
2: Well, welcome to December. Hi Fi Radio. Wolfgang Klein, your host. Today's a show about money. Making money, protecting money, minimizing taxes, uh, increasing your employment odds, uh, anything to do with money. That's what we do here on Hi-Fi Radio, and we try to mix it up a little bit and entertain as well. And along the way, Jack Hartle, of course, uh, my co-host for the show, and we got a full studio today, um, indeed. We have Lee King-Hum. She is an employment lawyer, Hum Law. Uh, it is time for staff Christmas parties. Canacor just had its modest staff Christmas party, shall I say, so the stories are flowing in as to what took place last night. I'm sure it's all good, uh, but you never know. It, I've heard stories from uh, Christmas parties. I've, I've been working out on the streets of Toronto, shall I say, for 30 years, and when I was in broadcasting, boy, those Christmas parties were fun. But, uh, you know, as, as Lee King-Hom said to me, that was before the, is it Me Too? At The me?
3: era of Me Too, yes. The,
2: the era of Me Too. Now, we also have in the studio Patrick Cereso he is the founder and chief derivative market strategist at the big picture trading he was on the show last week uh, backed by popular demand the phones were ringing off the hook to bring him back in the studio and his right-hand man Kevin Muir he's the strategist east-west investment management he rattled me last weekend when I was in Ottawa at my kids hockey tournament I couldn't stop thinking about the bearishness of the markets and Kevin and I were going back and forth and I almost packed it in quit retired said I'm done with it no, not but <laughs> so what happens at the bottom is just you know it's amazing but uh, let's let's have some uh frolly shall i say the right word Frolic. it's christmas uh, being jolly and molly and the things you're supposed to do and not do at christmas parties and uh i tell you you, you hear some funny stories but it's, uh, hey, Don- donald trump's canceling is a christmas party apparently uh because
4: uh, the press has been too tough on him i think yep. <laughs> that's what i
2: hear i wonder what he'd be like at a christmas party eh? he doesn't drink apparently
3: that's true. He, he doesn't. He drink. doesn't
2: drink, so he wouldn't uh,
4: get out of hand that way. But, uh, but he's he's had his uh, Me Too moments, I think. So has
3: anyways. he, Donald?
2: Really, Donald Trump? Me Too moments. Uh,
4: anyways. <laughs> well, we hear
3: that Stormy Daniels has been asked to pay his legal fees.
2: <laughs> Stormy pay his legal fees. That's right. All right. So you're a lawyer. What's the probability of that going through?
3: Uh, well, it's a court order. She's been ordered to do so. I think it's about two hundred eighty thousand. Wow. That's a lot of money. But she, uh, she brought a defamation lawsuit against him um, for things that he said about her um, allegations against him, and um, she lost it, and she was ordered to pay legal fees.
2: Lee um, king Hun, uh, whenever one of our clients, Jack and I take care of about 250 families and most of our clients are, are employed, whenever one of our clients uh, loses a job for whatever reason, we immediately encourage them uh, to seek counsel. Yes. Uh, so a good friend of yours, Kumail, uh, a good friend of ours as well, has taken care of a number of our clients. Uh, you, you've actually worked on the other side, shall I say, of the bench of him competing with Kumail, and he invited, invited you to come down to the show to talk to us about uh, mm-hmm. etiquette and uh, what to do the day after. If you said something you regret at a Christmas party. So uh, what's your best advice? I go to a party. I uh, do something I shouldn't have done, whatever it may be. So engage
3: in an inappropriate conduct?
2: Yeah, yeah inappropriate conduct, uh, verbal, uh, physical, whatever. Uh, not me, of course, but <laughs> if it were me. Uh, and the next morning, I guess I'd come at the office, and the manager or HR would uh, contact me, so we'd have to have a little chat.
3: Well, the the best advice is always to be honest. So if you've done something inappropriate, uh, own up to it. Um, if you uh, did it because you were drunk, um, probably someone would have spoken to you quietly uh, at the party itself. And if you had acted up, you might have been spoken to more than quietly. Um, but if you're <laughs> called in the day after, um, uh, you know, you 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 own up to what you've done. Um, if there is an explanation, you give it and do you see what your HR person says.
2: As simple as that.
3: Well, I mean, there isn't much else you can do besides being honest about it and having some reason for the inappropriate conduct. So if you uh, touch someone, uh, you may not have known that it was a- offensive. Mm-hmm. You might have thought that uh, it was a welcome gesture. You may mm-hmm. have hugged for too long. But well, what's too long
2: in the hug? I was thinking about that because you know men tend to hug mm-hmm. female employees that so you don't hug them during the day. You've never hugged them before, but at a Christmas party, you almost feel obligated to hug you. Feel Everybody that, does. Yeah. So so yeah. So how what's what's in a
3: hug today? Well, I think you really have to uh, assess the person, and in some instances, uh, hugs are appropriate, um, but you really have to find out if the person finds it offensive. It may be too long. Or too late. It might be too late. It might be too late, yes. (laughs) But I think the re, you know, you. you. I'm just thinking about a hug here. Like, two seconds? Three seconds? I would say I would say No, no, Jack's a big guy. He's big, 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 strong
2: Can you imagine Jack, like six I think you're a six-second hugger, Jack. I think you are. A six-second? Six <laughs> oh, that's a that's bit long. long. <laughs> well, maybe with my
4: grandmother. But yeah. <laughs> with your <her> grandmother, a <laughs> Really, yeah, A nice big hug. I haven't seen her for a while. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jack, God. you've grown
2: so much. Look at you. Come yeah. here, boy.
4: <laughs> and then you're trying to squirm out of it? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> out of Granny's hug? Oh, <laughs> for no. For a six-second? Yeah, I think cool. so. So, so um, again, we've all heard stories, and... and years after the fact, the stories are quite comical. Uh, yeah. But perhaps at the time, someone was offended, uh, and often I've, I've noticed that it doesn't necessarily come up the, the, at the time of the event, but the day after the event where another employee files a complaint. And yes. then a few days pass, and then, of course, it comes to the surface, and then the, the rumor mill begins in the office, and most people you know, get entertained, and a few people get detained, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. So beyond being honest, what, like, what, what, what
3: could happen? What, what, what's cause for dismissal? Cause for dismissal is, um, you know, there's a range. There's there's, (laughs) There's going to be a range. So if you knew that the person did not want to be hugged, um, for instance, there, um, it may have been clear during the workplace that they did not want any contact with you, but you're attracted to this person, and you take this as an opportunity to give this person a hug, then the consequences are going to be much more severe than if you had a friendly relationship with this person at work, and at the party you gave them a hug. Um, you may not have known that they don't like to be touched, You find out and you promise never to do it again. Probably the consequences are going to be significantly less than when you know the person did not want to be touched.
2: Right. Uh, We have uh, Lee King, uh, an employment lawyer of HUM Law. I assume that's your own firm. Um,
3: It's lie, by the way.
2: I apologize, Lai. I'm going to get this right. I, 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 <laughs> I, I do apologize. L-I, Lai King, Home, uh, employment lawyer with Home Law, and thank you very much for that. Um, coming out of Christmas parties, have you picked up any clients as a result of misbehaving at a Christmas party?
3: Misbehaving in general, yes. Uh, specifically at a Christmas party, I would say no, I haven't.
2: No. So, you, you But know. I've
3: seen my, my fill of uh, interesting things that have happened in the workplace mm-hmm. uh, at uh, holiday parties. Um you know, you're always being watched. and for those people who go to these parties and think it's just an open uh, uh, party that open it's bar, not open a work trough, yeah exactly. and it's not a workplace, well, it is. And I think um, people who want to make sure that their uh, jobs are secure should think of it as a work place event.
2: Indeed. Uh, Well, look, we're going to pay some bills around here. We are in studio with Lai King-Hum. The do's and don'ts of company party etiquette on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Don't go
1: anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
3: But baby, it's cold outside. But baby, it's cold outside. Been hoping that you drop in.
2: I'll hold you All right, Jack and I got legal advice. We can play that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate because we have Lie King, Hum, employment lawyer with Hum Law in the studio talking about Christmas party etiquette and we want to keep you employed. Uh, I've said uh, repeatedly, I'll say it again, if perchance you do end up uh, getting a dismissal paper, and I really don't care what you do for a living, uh, seek legal counsel. Hum Law is certainly a phone call you may want to make. Liking, um, employment <laughs> lawyer, um, Uh, Very, very savvy. You need someone to defend yourself. Trust me, when you usually get a package, it's not the best package. I know it's not the best package. It's business. And this is Hi-Fi Radio. It's all about getting and keeping more money in your pocket. So do's and don'ts of company party etiquette. Don't blow your career over an open bar and a big trough of food. And perhaps there's some tensions in the office leading up to the party, and you think the party is an opportunity to – release those tensions, but it's another business event. Uh, so let's talk about do's and don'ts of a party. Do show up, at the very least, an RSVP. Point number one. Well, I think most people do show up to parties. Uh, do arrive and depart on time. Uh, so I think this is, this is part of it right here, Lai. Yes. Departing on time. These parties can linger.
3: They do, and there are often after parties. Yes. So, um, and, and so let me ask
2: you, when it becomes an after party, let's say you're at a other establishment. We're not going to talk about what type of an establishment. We go to another establishment. Is it still the staff Christmas party, and and, and does your etiquette have to remain the same, or all of a sudden are you now on your free time, your bill? What happens?
3: You know, that's a really interesting question, because uh, there was an interesting case where an employer was found liable for um, an employee who was drunk at the uh, cri- the holiday party. And then, uh, even though she was offered a lift uh, home by the boss, uh, decided, no, 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 she's fine. She really is having a great time and went to an after party. Then, driving home, uh, became really significantly injured. That was still, the court found that it was still part of the workplace party. Yeah because the employer knew she was drunk and let her go anyways, even though it tried, but it didn't try hard enough. In that case, I think the employer was found liable for um, over $200,000. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, my advice to employees, it's it could be part of the holiday party. If the holiday party, you know, you were drunk at the holiday party uh, and you went off to this other one, um, For yourselves, if you are concerned about being let go because you behave badly, make sure there isn't um, a boss around. You know, if you're just going with your colleagues who are on the same level as you, probably not part of the holiday party. Um, But I would still say... Don't engage in any inappropriate conduct. No uh, kissing under the mistletoe. Uh, if you
2: can't, well, you can't kiss
3: under the mistletoe,
2: well, the you know, so down a four-second uh, hug. I would throw away the mistletoe. Uh, Lie. You're
4: not fun. No.
2: You're giving us a bag of lies here. Right, you
4: got to use common sense. Well, yes, I, I think exactly. you know what. All All right. Right. I think if it's not acceptable at work, then you probably shouldn't do it uh, at the holiday party. At the after party, you should use some common sense and uh, alcohol certainly has its effects and, and certainly causes people to do things that they might not do but you still want to conduct yourself accordingly and i'm sure you're going to come up in there it says don't drink too much as well at some
3: point <laughs> don't drink too the, much the one that scared
4: me was it says don't raid the buffet i had a lot of food last night it was,
2: <laughs> six it was second good. hugs are ra- I, I can see you're raiding the buffet jack you, you just go to that trough and just don't leave but yeah. you know you don't hang at the bar you don't hang yeah, on the bar you're better I, off the,
4: raiding the, the buffet than the bar i'll did, say that would you agree
2: with jack you better have to raid the bar the buffet than the bar
3: Yes, for your career. Yes, definitely better.
2: <laughs> yeah, so a, a, bit, a bit of food on your tie is okay, but don't have drink all over your boss's
4: suit.
3: That's right. right. But uh, Don't don't eat to the point where you're going to throw up on uh, no, your boss no. either. <laughs> no. Again, okay,
4: uh, again, back to the common sense thing.
3: But, but now, now let's talk about attire.
4: Don't
2: wear that. Um, do you have to wear business attire? Can you lighten up a little bit and, you know,
3: you know that's button that's, down a little that's bit. A, and chill? That's a tricky question because. Um, Uh, you want people to have the freedom to wear what they want at the holiday party, Um, it's probably not going to get you fired, um, but it might lead people to have um, the wrong impression of you. So think of it as a workplace. Think of it as um, being dressed as appropriately as you would be at work. Uh, Not necessarily business clothes, but... What's Think the, of it as work. Let me
2: ask you because we, we all have stories. And did you have any really outrageous stories that you've heard of uh, going this? Oh my God, I can't believe it.
3: Um, the the throwing up part is something that I um, I, I saw at a workplace, a <laughs> professional <laughs> workplace party where um, someone did drink and, and eat to excess. So you know people are are being watched and if you're a junior member of a firm or or an organization you really don't want to be seen in that kind of uh with that kind of behavior well it can
4: take your career for a long period of time that one exactly. event and and your reputation's everything in business wolf you know that it's your brand so you want to protect it well that's what Hi-Fi
2: radio is all about uh so be merry um but be uh responsible, responsible uh this holiday season at your work Christmas party, but if you get yourself into the trouble and you need a, f- a person to speak with, uh, Lai King Hum, employment lawyer with Home Law, uh, is here to help you. Uh, a real pleasure. I want to wish you all the best to the season, Lai. Happy uh, holidays to you. Yeah, thank you very, very kindly. Uh, all right, we're going to get over to the market talk. It's going to get a little heady, but uh, relevant. Uh, Patrick Ceresna and uh, Kevin Muir. Uh, the two uh, bear amigos are going to be tangling with Jack and I uh, right after this. I
1: want money. Let's take a break. But after Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 6:40 Toronto.
2: Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. Wolfgang Klein, your host. It is the month of December, and the year is winding itself down. Now, uh, on Bay Street and Wall Street, they look for Santa Claus to arrive and bring what's called a Santa Claus rally, but I'm seeing nothing but uh, Bah Humbug and Scrooge. And uh, it's been a heavy, heavy fall. So they say buy when it snows, sell when it goes. This has not been the case in 2018. Well... Uh, how low can she go? Anyone's guess, but we do got a couple experts in the studio to help us navigate through these markets. We got uh, Kevin Muir, uh, Kevin Muir Strategist, East-West Investment Management and author of The Macro Tourist. He's been a guest on hi Radio many a times for the last couple of years. And we got Patrick Ceresna, his, uh, what I say, uh, colleague and right-hand man on the street. He's a founder and chief derivative market strategist at Big Picture Trading, Inc., uh Patrick Kevin, thank you for coming back into iFi Radio. Appreciate it. And uh well 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 required because again, uh I'm not uh, feeling feeling overly Christmassy right now uh with the markets being the way they are and uh I spoke with you on the weekend uh as I was at a hockey tournament in Ottawa. We were just pinging back and forth and uh, you were bringing me down, man.
0: Well, yeah, you sounded really like you were having a tough weekend.
4: I I was having a really they, tough. They week. actually won the tournament, Kevin. I know, can but you, can you just, believe it? He, he won the tournament and he yep. Won the tournament with his boy and was down with the market. So you know what you got to look past the market sometime, Wolf, and uh, you know enjoy the moment. No, that's easy for you to say, Jack. That's well, nice. I, I'm feeling the markets too. They're, pretty heavy. They're, no, they're pretty heavy. they're feeling pretty
2: heavy. They're heavy. Now I'm gonna say the good news is, and this this is gonna be hard for some people to comprehend, guys. Um, but 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 it's powerful data. When you work in retail, it's it's been a well known fact that retail investors get it wrong so often. They buy at the top, they sell at the bottom. They did it with. Bitcoin, they did it with marijuana stocks, they did it with technology. Uh, now this market itself has not been that enthusiastic. It never has been this entire 10 10-year 10 bull run I shall say. So I can't say we saw excessive enthusiasm for stocks, but we saw them for certain pockets of the market. I mentioned Bitcoin and uh and marijuana stocks. Um so we're not seeing that euphoria. Uh but we are seeing some selling. So we had two clients of ours say, "Get me out, get me out." And one client did textbook guys, you're going to appreciate this. We had a down Friday. It was hard. And I was, that's when I was traveling to Ottawa. And Jack was emailing me the updates on the market. And the market opened actually Friday pretty good. We felt pretty good. And then whammo knocked it down. It was down about 600 points on Friday of last week. Uh, then you come into Monday. And so people, over the weekend, people stew. Retail investors stew. They read their newspapers. And if they're retired the kiss of death is if you're retired, you have less to do. The days are gray and short. You watch more television. And if you have a bit of money and retirement nesting, you watch some business television. And on Monday... Of course, the headlines and the media was very bearish. It brought the perma bears on and they, shake, they shook people further. That we had a client, I swear, at the low of Monday, call us to get me out. I need to sell everything, go all into cash. Um, that is not an investment strategy, in my opinion. If the guy's a hyper trader, perhaps, but just to stay long for nine years and then all of a sudden go 100% cash. So, the point I want to make to you folks, uh, both listener and Kevin and Patrick, is as a retail advisor, and I say retail investors often get it wrong that when they make a big, bold move like that, if they flood too much cash towards us, I gonna say the market's getting toppy, and if they run away from us, I gonna say the market's getting close to a bottom.
0: Well, but that's just one guy. We don't have two. Well, two. Have yeah, 240 I got two hundred and forty names, yeah, so it's,
2: it it's bad. That's one percent. Yeah. But my my point is, I've seen this. I've seen this movie play out before, as has Jack. And every couple of years, the market gives you a
4: shake. In fact, every year, the market has a near ten percent correction. And I am gonna say
2: every other year, the market has, an, has a double digit correction. And, and,
4: and it's one guy that we uh, that sold, but we've talked a few off the ledge too. I wouldn't just say a few. I would to talk like, them off the ledge, that's cl- good Well, clients, you know, when they call in, we, we talk them, we, we g- give hand. them perspective. We yep. say, "What hold yeah. on, what's your time horizon? What's your asset mix? We know that there's going to be 10% corrections in the market. They happen all the time. They happen every year. They happen a couple times a year. It's nothing new. It's nothing extraordinary. Uh, but you, going into these types of corrections, you want to make sure that you understand what the risk profile is of your uh, portfolio, and it should meet whatever your long-term objectives are.
2: Correct. And so if people all of a sudden are selling... On a Monday, everything. That means that they took on too much risk to begin with. Um, so there's two schools of thought. There is the, hey, the economy out there isn't so bad. I don't know what Kevin and Patrick are worried about. And then there's the tape, the ticker tape. Yeah. There's one that's actually a piece of paper that ticked across in this little dome thingy. You'll see the Toronto Stock Exchange. There's still a few, uh, have a few on display. But the tape, or the trend, the direction of this market is lower. Well... Hent,
0: so and I, hence, the, yeah. hence the discussion. I should pass it over to Patrick, my good uh, friend that's the technical analyst that loves to talk about the squiggles. So Patrick, why don't you talk right. about the squiggles? The
5: squiggles. The, the squiggles. And uh, the price action is very weak. Uh, and particularly, we've had a, a number of attempts for uh, the markets to try to rally. And each time the market is met with selling almost 24 or 48 hours after. So we're in some form of a distribution cycle. And this is where the pain for someone like your client is coming from seeing the market down every single day. And it's very distributive. But in order for uh, the actual bottom-bottom to come in, what I really want to see is uh, the the market kind of getting some sort of legs behind it and what we're seeing is that for instance we had a two-day rally in the s p and the financials couldn't uptick You basically have Canadian banks, U.S. banks all breaking to fresh new 52-week lows. This is not the type of leadership you want to see from sectors like this to support uh, a short-term bottom. So right now, at some point, we're going to have a tradable low that's going to come in, but it certainly doesn't feel like it right now when looking at the tape. Okay, I'm getting depressed again. I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you
2: for much, that, Patrick. But you know something? It's important. It's important because uh, the reason we want to bring guys like you on is just to remind the listeners that, hey, it's not always rosy outside, and we have to manage risk accordingly. Uh, so, look, we have pay some Bills around here. We're going to get right back to talking about the trend of the markets. The trend was my friend. I don't like this trend, but, hey, let's respect it for what it is on Hi-Fi Radio. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: Listen. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
2: Yeah, the rat race. Hey, Jack, that's where you and I live, in the rat race. A, a friend of ours just bought a house in the rat race, a young millennial. Uh, a piece of, you know what, for 1.2 million bucks. has to do a full reno on it. Um all in be about 1.6 million bucks i don't know how millennials are carrying those mortgages big like almost a million dollar mortgages millennials
4: have to carry in this day and age they, they, they don't report. look at them as a million dollar mortgage though they look at them as a $5000 a month payment and, and that's that's truly how they look at them yeah, yeah. housing yeah. never goes down though Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. That's right.
2: Housing never falls. Um, so in that song, pop music, it's just a fun tune. Uh, they talk about milkshake. Uh, I'm not even sure what they why they refer reference to milkshake, but they do. And I got your piece, Kevin, a couple days ago. The milkshake milkshake trade is finished. Uh, what the hell? I really thought milkshakes were good for me. What's this guy trying to tell me? So what's that all about? Well, there was a fellow last
0: year by the name of Brent Johnson from San Diego Capital, and he had this theory. And his theory was that the U.S. was about to drink the world's milkshake. I think it's from that uh, movie from way back when, when uh, No Country for Old Men. I think that's where it comes from. Okay. But anyways, he, he was the the crux of his argument was that the U.S. was about to enter into a period where they crushed everyone economically. They and a, a capital would be attracted to the U.S. and you would have both the stock market and The dollar rising the US dollar that's correct Mm -hmm. and he he came up with this theory last uh, I guess he really began to get popularity last Christmas at about this time and at the time everyone was bearish on the US dollar there was few people that thought that that uh, that this was about to happen And yet he stood there all alone and had this theory and uh, kudos to him because he just absolutely nailed it if you look at the performance of both the US dollar and US stocks over the past year uh, it's basically been the only thing that's up you go through Canada's down uh, Europe's down the okay. world okay. index okay. is down. G-
2: Germany's in a bear market. You actually, yeah. you yeah. said that last week, Patrick, to right. us. Uh, actually, and I really appreciate you coming on the show last week, Patrick. Uh, Patrick Suresna, by the way, he's in studio. Uh, derivative market strategist at the big picture, and that was Kevin Muir speaking. Uh, he's East-West Investment Management and author of The Macro Tourist. That's actually how I first met Kevin. I read The Macro Tourist a number of times. I'd have to get this guy on the radio. He's a very smart dude. Um so, yeah, no, Patrick, you mentioned uh, Germany in bear market, China in a bear market, meaning when a market has fallen from peak to present of greater than 20%. Uh, in America, uh, and again... Kevin, you are speaking in your piece, The moksha Trade is Finished, and saying the only market that's actually, uh, basically you're talking about all the countries that have outperformed the, the world industry. And the fact is there are very, very few countries that have outperformed the world industry, with the exception of the S&P 500 in the last 10 years, has massively outperformed the, the world market. But uh, Canada's lagged. Uh, Singapore has l- basically even, even the FTSE in London, uh, last 10 years has lagged the world index. So my question to you is, if everyone's lagging the world index, how can America be the only one being beaten the way? Well, because
0: the America is such a, such a large big, portion of wow. the index. And that outperformance has gone on and it and it's accelerated over the last year.
4: Well, it's accelerated because you had those the Trump fiscal policy, the big tax cuts that came through at the end of the year. Uh, that stimulated their economy. They were still rising interest rates. Um, mm-hmm. Because you had strong economy, the Fed uh, maintained their interest rate policy. They remained hawkish, raising rates, causing that strong U.S. dollar policy um, right and to, it comes through and now you've actually got the opposite happening because the Fed, although they're expected to, to raise rates next week, it sounds like they might be a little more dovish. Well, and-
0: but the reason that they've made this shift is because that reflexive kind of uh, we raise rates which then attracts more capital, which then sends the stock market higher, which then causes us to have to raise rates more. That kind of reflexive action finally hit a point where the US economy couldn't take it anymore. And at that point, and that's basically when the correction of October 3rd started, uh, was when Powell came out and, and was extremely hawkish and everything just tanked from that period on. And now two months later, he's had to go back and actually become dovish because we've set in motion of kind of the opposite effect where people are liquidating like your clients and they're they're all of a sudden realizing, the Fed's realizing they've raised rates too much. They pushed the market, like uh, interest rates to a level where money is too tight. And Patrick's absolutely correct when he says it's a bear market. And and, and until the Fed realizes that and changes it, its rallies should be sold and, and that's what's, what's happening. Money's too tight. It's that you simple. You look at
4: the Fed policy though. The Fed policy and their mandate is not to react to to market swoons and corrections. Their their policy and their mandate is actually to react and deal with full employment, which are, so they're at full employment yeah, right economic now. Economic
2: activity yeah. inflation.
0: Yeah, inflation.
5: That's but those
2: are, those are all
4: backward-looking
0: indicators.
5: Yeah, and Ray Dalio just had a great piece out uh, when he wrote that uh, De- Understanding Debt Crisis book that he put, just published. And one of the things that he talked about in there is that there should really be a mandate by central banks to actually manage credit bubbles as much as it is to manage inflation and, to, and managing... Uh, employment. And this is really, uh, uh, the question is that are, when you're, they're staring at these inflation numbers and all of these other variables, are they missing the credit stresses that they're creating in this current uh, uh, rate hike cycle? And that's definitely something that's on our radar. Interesting.
2: Well, again, I, I go back to uh, millennials strapping on $500,000, $800,000, million-dollar mortgages. Yeah. They're, they're strapping on those mortgages because it works at 3%. You ratchet them up to six. Look out. And Kevin, you know, I don't know how old you are. You're obviously a little older than Jack, maybe a little younger than me, whatever. Good looking boy. But point of the matter is when I bought my first house in 1990, interest rates were 11 and three quarter percent. So to carry $100,000 in 1990 cost you about $900 a month. Today, to carry $100,000 costs you less than 500 bucks a month
0: and you're absolutely correct that that's um the world has become more indebted so the 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 whole economy is more sensitive to rate rises that's exactly it uh
2: you're listening to hi-fi radio it's a show about money uh we're trying to make you rich trying to keep more money in your pocket uh, so please stay tuned right after this
1: making money is the best so how do you make more money I put this on it. Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
2: But that is the case, isn't it? Right now, even as they are raising interest rates, and you spoke about the Fed, which is the central bank in America, and you use the word hawkish, and that means that they are flying above paying attention to inflation and are willing to swoop down and, and uh, extinguish it so, And versus being dovish, we are quite calm and chilled and not worried about inflation. So hawkish, dovish, and the Fed. Get that out of the way to make sure that we didn't lose any of our listeners here. But money for nothing really still continues to be the case, and you know, 3% interest. A uh, million-dollar mortgage carries for about uh, $5,000 a month only after-tax dollars. Could you imagine? It's a lot of dough. Uh, so I think the Canadian central bank, inflation, no inflation, is in a bit of a corner. Uh, and I think in many ways we are, hate to say this, sort of fortunate that we have a bit of a tepid economy. Because, our, again, our stock market's down 10% year-to-date versus the American stock market is, what,
4: Jack, up. Two, three, and P- that plus or of, minus two, depending on the day that you ask.
2: Yeah, I think it's been basically it's been plus all year. It's been very, very few occurrences this year when it's actually gone negative. Right, you, you guys are watching yeah. the numbers as close as we are. Again, we got Patrick Sarestna, he's the chief derivative market strategist at Big Picture Trading, and Kevin Muir, author of the Macro Tourist and the strategist at East West Investment Management. So, um, money is cheap, rates are rising, and the stock is trending lower. And uh, so, you guys are saying basically any rally. Use the opportunity to raise cash. You think we're in a bear market, boys?
5: Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, the The question is, uh, and this is where me and Kev have a uh, long debates. Is that how deep will it be? How how because I mean a lot. The last bear market that we saw was a nasty one. I mean when we witnessed the two thousand seven two thousand eight, and so a lot of the people immediately so, uh, assume that it's going to be just as bad. Yeah, of and, course they do, and uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. It's not going to be in 07. Uh, There's it, no
2: way that that was a once in a hundred year old. Well, at least it's okay? not going
5: to be financially driven. But, but, you know, by
2: but the, before we go any further. Last one, 0708. because this is where I'm going to step in. Jack said we're going to have to be scrappy with these guys because they're pretty smart. We're going to make sure we get some jabs. (laughs) I'm going to jab you right here. Um, Bear market, textbook, the market must fall 20%. Right. Give me a break. I'm going to start with give me a break on that silly statement. I I know you guys didn't come up with that statement, but you're looking at me like perplexed. How dare I'm even challenging that? That's what it is, a 20%. Well, phooey, I'm going to say. In 2011, the stock market fell 19.6%. Oh, not a bear market. Yeah, no, you're absolutely 90%. right. And, 2011 was way more tumultuous than what we're going through right here, right now. You had a European debt crisis, yeah. and you had a debt ceiling uh, in America. The world was cold. It was cold outside. And,
0: and not only that, 2015 with the oil absolutely. Uh, the, the kind of so, decline. So so
2: uh, Jack and I believe, i can yeah. speak for you, Jack, uh, that we are in a sim- worst-case in a similar situation. Best case, not even as bad. I don't see... It Jack, what what are the issues out there that the world's worried about? A bit of inflation. What, Trump? Trump's always...
4: Trump's always there. So. Tra- trade's the big one that's looming right now. It, it's pr- the 90 days. We'll see what happens with China and the U.S. Hey, they bought
2: some soybeans and some, uh, uh, not Weedabix. Uh,
4: <laughs> 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 the Chinese are doing something. They, they bought some egg. Yeah, they're, they they they're, some they're, they're, certainly, they're appealing they to, to Trump space right now. Yeah. Yeah. At, the, at the moment, they're, they're going to the Midwest buying some some soybeans. Some soybeans.
0: So this is Kevin speaking, and I, I'll tell you that Patrick and I debate this all the time because Patrick is the true bear. You're put, painting me as a bear. I'm not nearly as bearish as Patrick. And hey, well, well, stop well, we and, the,
2: that's not bearish what we spoke on the weekend yeah no I know
0: I think you're looking too close and uh, I, I think that you're you're trying to tell everyone to take a big picture and just step back and I agree with that I think that we could have a 10% 15% correction it's not gonna be that big a deal I think that what's gonna happen is we're gonna have a slowdown in the economy the Fed and all the other central banks are gonna ease we're gonna get some fiscal kind of uh, stimulus and it's not going to be that bad. the The world is 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 hypers uh, kind of sensitive to another 2008 I happening. Agree. I totally agree. And and I just I'm a seller that that's going to happen. So the 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 we always have these crises, and everyone thinks that the la- next crisis is going to look like the last Absolutely. crisis, and it never does. In 2000, we had the dot com bubble, and then everyone thought it was going to be in tech stocks the next. The, collapse. This one, you know, the 2007 was all in real estate in the US and everyone thinks it's going to look like the same. It's going to be real estate and credit. And I contend it'll be something completely different. And I think that over the long run, the thing you should be most worried about is your bond portfolio, not your stock portfolio.
2: So so, so Patrick, what what do you got to say to all that? You're the ultra bear. Kevin's a black bear. You, my good friend, the grizzly. That's
5: right. Uh, the Alaskan grizzly. Oh my God! No, but it, I, I'm not. <laughs> you don't have the grizzly baby. I am baby, not that, that bearish uh, <laughs> as, as Kevin is making. No, he's not out. a bearish. But no, okay, listen. He's I, okay. I I majority consensus, Jack. First of all, the, the one thing no, the one thing about a bear market in my mind is actually a lot to do with duration more than anything. The correction, that 10% correction that you referenced earlier, uh, at least from a lot of the work that I uh, go back and look at, the average length tends to be six to twelve weeks in duration. The market has a throwback. It's a buy on dip. Uh, the economy stays strong and every everything is struggling along. A bear market is a period of uh, sustained distribution, a period where there's a macro fundamental reason why the uh, the markets are mean reverting. And uh, and so it's not, it, I agree with you, it's not this 20% magic number. It's about the way that the market behaves. And I think that we're in this period where the market has to go and Correct a lot of these excesses that were there. And the economy's got to go through a cycle. And we'll, we'll see how it all plays out.
2: All right. I got, I got some questions for you, my good friend Patrick. But you know something? I can't go past go until we pay the man. So we're going to do that and get right back to Patrick Ceresna, uh, Grizzly Bear, founder and chief derivative market strategist, Big Picture Trading, and Kevin Muir. Um, Mama Bear, uh, <laughs> the, the Christmas Bear, the, the Christmas Bear. <laughs> yeah, no, no more than four second hug, by the way. No, no bear. <laughs> East West Investment Management and author of the Macro Tourist. By the way, uh, if you want to get the Macro Tourist, just go Google Macro Tourist and Kevin O'Santy, and same with uh, check out Big Picture Trading. Some very interesting option ideas there as well. We'll get right back to Hi Fi Radio right after this.
1: Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. When I was young, it seemed that
0: life was so wonderful, a miracle, oh, it was beautiful magical, and all the birds in the trees were me singing
5: so happily, oh,
2: joyfully. <sighs> that calms me down a little bit. You know, life was simpler when I was younger. I didn't have to worry about the stock market, the rat race, I didn't even know what it was. So, I had a bicycle, I ate some ice cream, I liked milkshakes.
0: So what uh, you need is Jack's six-second hug. I've come to the conclusion... That, that's, that's what th- you're I, I'm missing. To that, I am into that warm yeah, up inside. Yeah, make that's you feel right. Very, very ther- it it might do a little more <laughs> than warm you up inside. The problem
2: <laughs> is if we do a six second hug, my good friend, I may have <laughs> to put a little bit of a light thing home and, and get my employment lawyer back at me. <laughs> right. uh, um, uh, we have Patrick Suresna in the studio along with Kevin Muir. Uh, they are authors, uh, they're strategists. They're also podcasters now, I guess, coming out to Hi Fi Radio. They're trying to up Jack and I with our show and come a little podcast. So if you're interested in Patrick and Kevin's podcast, Get more in-depth on market discussions. Again, they're big brains, finding bigger brains to debate various market activity. Check out markethuddle.com. It's markethuddle.com. And, of course, this show is available for podcasts each and every week as well. Uh, Listen to it often. Share it with your friends. Um, Hugs are free. Uh, So, guys, uh, here we go, our final segment of the show. Uh, Patrick, let's go back to you. I like what you're speaking about in terms of market. This distribution phase, uh, this uh, bear market type feel. Um, so let's go back to how low, uh, Patrick, do you think she can go? And uh, you know, you're speaking about some excesses. I've seen a lot of excesses already uh, uh, rung out of this market, like Facebook, for example, yeah. uh, cut in half. Apple at 12 times I, Morgan Stanley, who is now doing the IPO, Jack, for what? Uber. Yep, they're saying to do the Uber so, IPO. So their Next their year, IPO on yep. Uber will be one of the biggest IPOs, uh, certainly. And they're getting in hammered. The year. But stocks, at seven times earnings. So let's now, you speak about reflexiveness and, 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 and hypersensitivity, Kevin. But let's speak now about the Warren Buffetts of the world, about the Peter Lynch's of the world. And Peter Lynch, for example, walks by McDonald's, sees a lineup, walks by next day, sees a lineup, and says, you know, something's going on here. I'm going to buy the stock, and I'm going to forget about it. You know, that solves a lot of problems by good quality businesses, Leave them alone for five or 10 years and actually invest instead of hyper-trade with your app and your technology. See, we, we make all this trading available to people, make it so easy. Therefore, they think they have to do it. And I'm starting to be the opposite, taking the other side of that trade. Forget it. I'm going to hold Google for 10 years. I'm going to hold Morgan Stanley for 10 years. I'm going to hold JP Morgan for 10 years. I'm going to hold the Royal Bank for 10 years, and I'm going to hold my a and for 10 years. Let me ask you two guys, Patrick and Mac uh, and, and Kevin, do you think I'll make some money in the next 10 years if I do that?
5: Well, yes, because over the long term, uh, inflation allows uh, these companies to grow their earnings, allows uh, revenues, profits to come in, and their cycles play out. A bear market yeah, the average length of a recession and bear market is like 11 months. And so at some point, this is going to play out and there's going to be a bull phase that's going to come on and the average bull cycle lasts at least five years. So look, there's going to be a period where there's choppy waters here, but it, uh, if the market does what it's always done before, then it's going to merge on the other side and there's going to be a phenomenal opportunity to make money. So, you know, while here you're we, giving me the grizzly bear label, but uh, there's, it's I believe in. Cycles and it's just about identifying where we are in the cycles and there's and if you buy and you hold the right companies for these uh, then you're going to be fine. Like again, th- things just went on sale.
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the market is down about ten percent from its peak. Uh, and other, and just being about the uh, Amer- American market uh, and the Canadian market. International markets are down even further. Like emerging yeah. markets. So Kevin, I, again, I want to throw this back to you now because we're in, in the interest of time. Um, and speaking with you, on my little hockey trip to Ottawa, back and forth <laughs> on little electronic devices, my $2,000 Apple phone, by the way, and I bought a 2000 I, I killed Apple by buying that $2,000 phone. I think I got the Drake phone, by the way. my kids, me, I want the Drake phone. I think I got it, the Drake phone. <laughs> Jeez, how much more can you this, this is a Drake phone. Well, it's not cool. It's not, all right. I'll direct like, Drake walk by my phone one day. It'll be the Drake phone. Um, but uh, you like Canada. Canada has been... Uh, Crapola uh, from from an investment point of view. And so you don't like America, but you're looking at the oils, you're looking at the uraniums, you're interested in emerging markets. Are you looking for pain or are you looking for opportunity? <laughs> Not saying, are
0: you, uh, you're absolutely right. Those are, those are all down and out. I'm picking names that uh, you kind of mentioned Google and you mentioned uh, Royal Bank Morgan, and all Stanley, these, and all these stocks that have been going up for the past decade. I'm looking at trying to buy, buy some stocks that are cheap
2: instead. No, so and, back, again, I interrupt. Those U.S. banks are trading at 10 times earnings. Yeah. They oh. pay me three dividends or growing their dividends. They're killer brands. You know, Wall Street doesn't know how to make money. Maybe this cycle they don't, but I think well, they, the, they've missed this cycle. I agree with you. That's what's happening. The there. what, there's, there's
4: lots of ways to skin a cat. I think the most important thing is that you actually, whatever your investment time horizon, it suits your profile as an investor uh, and your risk tolerance because you don't want to bail at the inopportune time. Jack, let is. me ask you, who
2: do you know is actually skun a skin a, a cat? I agree that. I know that phrase. It's a good question, Wolf. It's, it's, it's a good it's question. A, it's, it's, maybe for another show. We'll have to, we'll have to find out and get back uh, to you next week. A, well, we Brittany, you're a butcher. Do you know how to skin a cat? Uh, God. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know to skin a cat, eh? No. Brittany the Butcher, she's also a vegetarian uh, and a very, very hardworking millennia. We're working on her financial plan uh, at the time of time. Uh, Patrick uh, Ceresna, we're out of time here. You're the Strategist at Big Picture Trading, Kevin Muir, uh, author of The Mac with Tours. Guys, again, if you want to check out their blog, it's markethuddle.com. Uh Anything else to you, over to you, Jack? You want to throw in there?
4: No, just really appreciate having these guys on air with us uh, today share their thoughts and uh, yeah wish them well
2: yeah well I want to wish you all a great weekend and tune back into hi-fi radio each and every Saturday on global news radio 640 in Toronto